We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I cannot take more right, stress this morning. Okay. Uh, this is like Skylar Thompson. That's my fault. This is all my fault. Rush into the line trying to get a play in fourth and one. Um, what everybody wants to know, of course, everybody stayed at that game late last night and set their alarms to get up at 6 a.m. to find out who won, me or Joe, in drafting of Sabres Mm -hmm. alumni that would be in attendance for Ryan Miller. Okay, I can end this with one name. Yeah. Who had Mike Ryan? Nobody had Mike Ryan. Ah, there's a stunner. I guarantee thought of Mike Ryan. When they introduced him, I thought, yeah, I think he played here. Yeah. No offense, I, Mike, if you're listening. I did have Patrick Laleem. That was my best one. Yeah. That was my best draft pick. That's very good. I would not have gone. I would have gone like Jonas Enroth or with a bunch of other guys. Enroth's I might still even active. have gone Mika Norinen before I got to yeah. Patsy, Patsy. I think he called him, right? I thought of, I don't know, if i got to pull up my team. I don't know if I drafted Tim Kennedy. I did think of Tim Kennedy. I also thought of Tim Kennedy. Here's your team. I've got him from yesterday. So Joe drafted Gianta. Did we see him? Nope. Oh, no. No. Nope. You got Peters. Got Peters. Connolly was a yes. Yep. A Finneganoff? Nope. Yeah, you were tweeting out for 61. Yeah. I, I saw that. I was really trying for it, but no. Brian Campbell? Nope. Zenon Kanapka? No. <laughs> Jay McKee? No. Clark MacArthur? No. Wow. Just one. Joe! So tough, you, got, you got two. You got Peters and Connolly. Peters, right. Two. I got, you didn't guess Reve. He's in town. I got, uh, he, I got he, Reve. He All right. And we drafted. I got Reve. I got Coletta. Laleem. Yeah, Coletta's a good one. Yeah. Cody McCormick. No Danny Briere. No. Nope. No Cody Hodson. No. Nope. Do you get half a point for Briere doing a video message like in, yes. in, in a commercial time Now out? that you mentioned that. Oh, yes. is that right? Yes, I didn't I do. see that. I don't remember if I... Oh, it was in it the would, building. It would That's have been why. in the building. It was yeah. like it yeah. was Briere was, and like Mike, Mike Greer. Greer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was. I mean, I you know, Greer's kind of working and... Oh, also Briere is. They, they're all working for other organizations. Yeah. Briere's like an assistant for it's the Flyers. Yeah. yeah. Jochen Hash? Nope. No. Ooh. So the final score is four and a half to two. It was a route. Tough. Yeah. Yeah, you had a lot of high danger chances, I guess. Well, you know, I, looking back, we had fun with it, and we should have done Canadian and international division. Like, Hesht and Afinagenov were deep poles to try and see if they could, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. come from overseas. Well, Henrik Talinder he was came there. from overseas, he, did he? he, 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 he lives here. He was on my board. Okay. Talinder was on my board. I was I was upset Nathan Pace was not on my board. I, I, I should have pulled that one. Uh, Sal mentioned Nathan Gerby, and Nathan Gerby was there. Oh, well, well just, point, point for right. Sal. Yeah, because yeah, he just recently retired, I think, maybe at the beginning yep. of the season. Yeah, I was trying to, did, they could have brought back all the defensemen. The, the 75 extra defensemen who played against the Carolina Hurricanes yeah. could have all been back. Yeah, no Rory Fitzpatrick no. on the night. No Ludman. Probably, probably the right thing to do. Who, no there's Ludeman. one other guy. Pace, Fitzpatrick. Doug Janik. Janik. Jeff and Jeff Jelson. Jeff Jelson. Jeff Jelson. The there were there yeah. were a lot of them. Yeah. Where do you think they call Ludman? And he's just one of these guys that's also off the grid. Like, where's Tony Ludman these days? That is like, a good you question. think they, you think they just can't get in contact with him? It would be cool if that were the case. That he's just like, yeah. I, I picture he's, a, he's, he's just a mystery man. He's just now. in Finland in doing cabin. So, something Finnish. Yeah, How, in some cabin off a lake in the middle of nowhere, which has no phone. How hard? Oh right, like no cell service. They don't have a phone. You don't think they have a phone? No number cell for service. He's out in the forest. I'm somewhere. just saying. I think it'd be cool if that were the case. Yeah, 
I mean, so, there's got to be a guy from that team that is like that. Do you the, think the, Ludman the, is the culprit? And they all wonder, what happened to him? Where is he? Anybody heard from Tony or whoever it might be? Not like Kotalik? We could text Marty, ask him. I was glad to see. Is Vanek. there a guy on the team that just like he's he's nobody knows where he's at? Grid. Yeah. yeah, and who would be the most? That'd be that'd be a great question for Marty. It isn't if he's off the grid, but if there was a candidate, who would be the most popular choice for? I bet that guy's off the grid. I don't have an answer, by the way. I don't know mm. these guys well. I mean, Ludman might be so. a good answer for that. Dakota Leak might be a good answer for that. Like someone who was just a someone that just went off in the a woods loner, one just day. didn't just like to be on his own, and now just has like no connections to the world. Yeah, Ludman retired in 2013 and never played again. Hmm. That's what retiring is. But I mean, like never, Tap- never went to you know the other leagues overseas and kept going. Right, yeah. like Tapo, a lot of guys do. Tapo Newmanen could be this, Tapo's although he was an assistant coach. Yes, for the Sabers, Tapo would have been a good one. Well, it was a great night, right? Was there a video message from Lindy? Yeah, he, Lindy and, and, Greer um, and, Bria, and Jim, Greer and Jim Corsi, his uh, old goalie coach. Um, well, Corsi was there. I mean, he was in yeah, the, he was there the group too. of people that were on the house. Yeah, but Lindy, the, a couple of times, Lindy was a part of a message. And I think the Devils played the Kraken last night. All right. So, obviously, he was not going to be there. But he Miller talked about him in the speech. And then, yeah, there were a couple of different times where like they put Lindy up. And it was funny, like... During the commercial timeouts, you know, packed house, everyone's... It was a very good atmosphere last night, as you might expect. Everyone would get a different level of cheer when they would come <laughs> up on the board. So they show Briere on the board, and it's a big monster cheer. Yeah. And then there, some guys got weirdly loud cheers. Like Mike Greer got maybe the loudest cheer of the night. I don't nice. know if it was just timing. Enroth, actually, and Miller's cheer, or Speech got like a big cheer. Lindy got one. So Dinah Zubris. I didn't see a Dinah no. Zubris video, but that might have been more like, oh, hey, Dinah. <laughs> yeah. All right. It was a great night. They win. You know. Long night, too, but Long way. night, yeah. I was in the arena from from 5, 5.15 to 10.30. That's a long time. And they got done. I don't know if they got done early, but they, you know, the ceremony got done, and I looked at it and I thought, well, there's a lot of time left until face-off, so they had to fill. With a whole bunch of well, you're in the arena, like, Joe. So you were, yeah. But on the telecast, they're just you know Marty's interviewing guy after guy after guy, which was nice, by the way, to hear Pominville and Vanek and Stafford was interviewed. You know, so that was good. I'll tell you what, brought I brought back a lot of nice memories. By the it way, did. the montage with the highlights, the RJ calls. I mean, I got a little choked up. It brought back a lot of fond memories. Now they're not going to retire Thomas Vanek's number. I know, I, I know that. No, they won't. But I just can they he's... put him in the? You can be in the Sabres Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah. Last night was kind of it gave me a feeling of appreciating Miller was great. I would go to Thomas Vanek night. Yeah, I would like to go there, and I'm not sure like what kind of cheer he gets, Joe. But it, it almost feels like Vanek is, of course, was one of the better players. But there's not quite a cult classic following, but there's a large section of the fan base I think that remembers him very fondly and wants to go to battle for him and stick up to him, stick up for him in the same way that you might for I don't know like. Fred Jackson, although Vanek, of course, was you know like a, a more high-profile player, but I, the whole thing made me think Thomas Vanek should be appreciated and stand at center yeah. ice while we all clap sometime. I mean, they, yeah. they, you know, he doesn't have to be a jersey retirement. Sometimes just hand him one of those sabers that they give people, right? They give him a sword and say mm-hmm. you're in the Hall of Fame. Yep, mm-hmm. I would do I, that for Vanek. I've always felt that way about him. If there was ever, if we ever did a discussion, and you have, uh, you and I have been together for going on twenty, whatever, we've been together a long time. If we ever did a discussion of, you know, give me your short list of players. I mean, Fred was beloved. Give me your short list of players who just you you 
loved and felt, why don't people appreciate him anymore? He might be number one on the list. Mm. I loved your tweet about Lazy Vanek, by the way. It was really funny. (laughs) He's fifth all time in goals scored in the history of this franchise. Fifth. And he played how many years? Uh, Ooh, I just got to look that up. He had a career after the Sabres, and he was still filling the net. 254 goals as a Sabre for an organization that went a good 15, 20 years of not drafting and developing a goal scorer, not named Thomas Vanek. Nine I, years, I'm, by the way. Nine, th- nine years. Nine years, 250 goals. That's pretty good for this franchise. Yep. And so the only guys ahead of them are Perot, Martin, well, Perot, Jersey retired, Martin, Jersey and, retired, Andrew Chuck, Gare. Three of those have jerseys retired. Yeah. So, and behind him, Ramsey, Felino, Chatan, Robert, Pominville. Chatan's not in the Hall of Fame, right? No. But, right, right, you know, Robert's up in the rafters. Felino, Ramsey, no Pominville. I, I think Vanek, Vanek is one of the best goal scorers in the history of the franchise. When they introduced him, I was very happy he was there because I just don't think he ever got the love, the just do across the fan base. Yep. So, I mean, I'm not saying people didn't like him, but I think as a whole, he was. I don't think he was ever truly appreciated for how talented he was. And well, I, I, I'm with you. I think I think he's a. In my mind, he's a lock for the Sabers Hall of Fame. Well, if you think back to Vanek's time when Miller was there, you know it was there was a highlight of maybe Miller's last game. Yep. They the, they they talked about how they thought it would be his last game, but then he came back. Mm-hmm. And Vanek scores a shootout goal, and Miller makes a save. And there in the the post game line, like Miller gives him an extra kind of hug and like mm-hmm. a, a punch and. Like those two, carry. Sorry, those two carried the load. Miller and Nett and Vanek up front for a couple years in there. Yeah, and you know the very famous "blame the good players" rant. Not that famous, but my "blame the good players" rant from like 2019 went all the way back to that time. You know, like why Miller's not good enough, why Vanek's not good enough, and you know, Pominville was was good, and he, he also had a career after he left here. So yep. when they took that team apart because they thought they you know weren't really going anywhere, there was reason to do that. But you know, Vanek got moved, and it was like, a, oh, okay, see, th- thanks, yeah, see, thanks for everything. He didn't get a farewell. I think there was, if I had to guess, maybe a couple. I mean, every now and then he would get in Lindy's doghouse. He, um, how about he was a healthy scratch for Game Seven in Carolina? Oh my God, I totally don't remember that healthy scratch. So I think that was part of it. And I don't know, you know, the whole Briere leaves, Drury leaves, Vanix offer sheet, we could have had the number one picks, blah, blah, blah. That could have, you know, look, money changes people's views of players without question. You know, the larger contract you get, the higher the expectations are from a lot of people because you're earning X amount of dollars. Vanek gets the big deal, it's the offer sheet, but hey, Briere, you know, so you expect Vanek to be Briere and Drury combined, and, you know, Vanek was Vanek, and he's... He, he did what he was supposed to do, score goals and make this a better offensive team. And I think there was, so if I had to guess, those were a couple of reasons why maybe someone just didn't fully appreciate how good he was. But having watched a lot of teams over the years here with very average goal scorers, this guy had a talented set of mitts. Can I use that for forwards or is that more of a goalie thing? Mitts is forwards. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He had a talented set of mitts. Plus, he developed a six shootout move, which we still remember to this day. And he was an exciting player. Multiple six shootout moves, the around the world. And don't forget when he just started rocketing slap shots. That's by right. Goaltender. That's right. He would, <laughs> he would come in and like seven feet away, a, just fire a bullet. The, the slap shot to beat Cristobal UA in Montreal might be a top five Sabres moment in my life. Up there with playoff <laughs> goals. He just did that and it was like, what's he doing doing I mean, a slap shot right. in a shootout? Right. It's like a jet flew over your house. Like, holy cow. 
I don't the first the around the move to me. I remember seeing it once. I don't remember if it was the first time he did it or not. It doesn't really matter. But he did it in a shootout at the arena. I was after the game. I mean, I, we all just like jumped out of our seats. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was glad he was there. It was just, you know, I don't think like Pominville is very much loved yep. by the fan base. Is the difference Miller, that, of course, but Vanek's just not at that level. Is the difference that Pominville had a series winning goal and Vanek never? I mean, did he have hmm, a pl- what's his biggest goal? Did he have a playoff winning goal? He yeah, gets he gets good... chopped out of the series against Boston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At, that's well. That turned the whole series too. It, it sure right? did. If Vanek doesn't get injured in that series, I think that turned the whole that turned the game that day. Right? Wasn't that game two? Yes. If the Sabers win that game. They take a two nothing lead to Boston. Right? Instead, they lost in six. And right. Vanek tried to come back for game six and wasn't yep. himself. That was a huge loss in that series. Yep. So yeah, I don't know that there's a the signature that's... moment is the around the world or the slap. I'm not sure if there's a like a like the minute when they were introducing the players last night. They, um, Marty was doing the introductions, right? He starts talking about his overtime goal in game three. I'm like, Dumont. Like, I knew yep. it was J.P. Dumont. He didn't even have to say Ottawa. I heard overtime goal, because I, ga- I was at the game. Overtime goal, game three, and I'm, Dumont. Like, there's that signature goal. J.P.'s not one of the greatest players in franchise history, but he had that memory, that moment. I don't know. What's Vanek? Vanek had Vanek two- is a career. Vanek isn't one. He had a goal against, I think, the Caps or the Flyers in overtime. That maybe sealed a playoff win or a playoff berth for them, and one of those two middle years, maybe that last he, year. He had one. If you're thinking of the Caps one, where like he starts from center ice and like yeah. goes through people, like and, that's in December. Yeah, okay, and turns on the Jets, even though he didn't really have like the Jets. Yeah. Oh no, the, there isn't a, the Flyers one. Uh, there's one against the Flyers on Fan Appreciation Night in okay. 2011. That's the one. They've already clinched the playoffs by making it to overtime. And then Vanek wins it in overtime yep. when they didn't need it, but it was still just like to cap the night. Is That's it? the night that, yes, by going to overtime, they make the playoffs, and the Flyers the let Flyers them, sat back. Yeah, they let them yeah. skate around because they were good with it, too. Yeah, is, and then is Vanek it, won uh, it. Is it bad that wasn't it Vanek's shot that missed the net uh, with Villilano going the other way in game six? Didn't Vanek miss the net that started the sequence that ends up at Leno's goal? I mean, I don't know. I thought Leno was a power play goal. Okay, I thought I, it was, I could be I wrong it was a missing the, eh, whatever. Vanek, by the way, had two game-winning goals in the playoffs for the hmm. Sabers. They were back-to-back games against the Rangers. Oh. Game five. No, I'm sorry, not game five. Game but, two but earlier in the series. But those are scored with ten minutes left to to go up three-two. Okay, and they just win that game. Yeah, boy, that game I don't remember at all. Me neither. Game well, two. the series ended kind of mem- you know memorably. It the did. Sabers go up two nothing <laughs> in the series. Yeah, it's it's the last. The back end of the series, I think we remember more than the beginning of the series against the Rangers. Yeah, then they lost games three and four. Yep. Including game three being like, what, double overtime? I do not remember that, but yes. It was, was it Girardi? Who scores that goal? So don't tell me. I do this every once in a while. I run to remember who it was. A Rangers defenseman scored that goal. It's in, it's in the Girardi, yeah. uh, the Girardi category. Yeah, like it's, it's you're going to say his name and I'm going to say I knew that. Yeah, very Michael Girardi ish. Is it, is, does his son play? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. I feel like it's like a legacy name. Michael Nylander had the assist. Ah, uh, okay. that's not it. Michael Nylander. To give me initials. Same first name. What's that? Same first name. Michael Roosevelt. Yes. Wow. Michael Roosevelt. <laughs> wow, you're pretty quick to that. That's good. That's real. I only knew, I would, Girardi and McDonough were the only guys that were popping into my head. Yeah. That's good. That's a forgotten series for and, me. It's, hey, a, it's, a, it's another. It's, it's five minutes, that whole series. <laughs> my wife later today, don't you remember I told you to do this, this, this? I don't remember that, but I do remember Michael Roosevelt scored a three over. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's amazing. Um, 
Yeah, and anyway, I thought it was all it was well done. I thought the montages were really well done and and the highlights and the calls and the people who were out on the ice, all the guests they were invited. Ryan Miller did a fantastic job in his speech. I thought it was really well done. If I one- loved my favorite line of the whole night was wanting to put fans in a good mood the morning after we beat the Leafs. Yeah. I just cracked up when he said that. I, that was whoever well done Ryan Miller for that and you know, being in the cereal aisle at Wegmans and someone going, "What happened last night?" Yeah, you know, like as a drawer used to say about things, like they'll come up to you in the store and talk about the team. But then he would get a what did he get? Like a random hug from someone's grandmother on the street. Yeah, but I love the line about the Leafs. I thought that was great. Well, if Miller was one thing to fans, he was thoughtful. Yeah. So, like, oh, we, yes, very when, much. So. When, when he gives any sort of speech like that, I mean, he was thoughtful after games, ten minutes after a game. So he was you know. thoughtful after practices. He right. Was, he put. I don't mean to make this sound. Look, a lot of guys are very cliche-ish, and they, yeah, just, they, they just do this as an obligation. They talk to the media, they get it over with. I never like. I felt like he always approached every interview after a game, after a practice, that it was like the most important interview in the world, and he would just no filter, would be really honest. Sometimes it it ruffled some feathers, it made some fans angry. Some of the stuff he said, but from my from our standpoint. I thought he was always truthful, introspective, and really gave, you know, if you brought up an issue in the game, not the game, I mean the league, the sport, he would give you a really well-thought-out, honest opinion about the state of the sport he was playing. And I, I love that about him. You know, yeah, you're right. He, um, yeah, and I thought, you know, sure. And that's, they, they, were, they kept talking about how detail-oriented he was. They were telling a story about sewing machine and sewing equipment and all this stuff like he was just really crazy detail oriented well that's the way he was i think in his interviews too and i i was really impressed and i thought it came across in that speech he uh he gave last night thanked everybody he had to be thanked said some great things about the fans and his experience here and let's face it you always use the term what front door of the franchise mm-hmm. or something ryan miller yeah he was at a good the one. peak there with the olympics and the winter classic and he's in national television commercials that guy was the face of the front door, the face of the franchise for a while there. The Vezina Trophy, everything that happened in those those few years there, were, you know, it was it was Ryan Miller's Buffalo Sabres, even and though there were talented players in front of him. We played the commercial he was in yesterday. He was also an athlete that got national television yeah, yeah. appeal. Yeah. And I asked Joe if amp any, energy or yeah, something. Yeah, it was. Right? If anybody in between Miller and Josh Allen had really appeared on the national scale. Hmm. Somebody, I, I forgot to mention this yesterday, somebody pointed out Tyrod was in like Nissan commercials. I do not remember. That, really that might have been post-Bills, huh. but Tyrod Taylor did get into some... like Nationally? Com- was, national I mean, commercial? Nissan or Honda. Or so, yeah, like I don't a, remember that. All right. A Toyota or something. Hmm. Tyrod was in yeah. a commercial. So yeah, that was one thing that Miller did. He put Buffalo on the map. Now, you know, Diggs has done that. Von Miller has done that. Josh Allen, of course, more than anybody has done that. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm watching it right now. 2017, he was in... Tyrod Taylor National Commercial. Yeah. Huh. Toyota Camry. Yep. There you go. Was this after they ended the drought or something, or before? Or? 2017, so... In that season? Yeah. Huh, how about that? I'm looking at Carson Wentz and some TV commercials, too. Turns out there's an online database of television Tele- commercials. Uh, of athletes who's been yeah. in TV commercials? Mm-hmm. Did not realize that. So anyway, anyway and, and and after that, they go out and play a really good game and win. I mean, they, they were, you know, all over the Islanders last night. They, had, you know, Joe, you were there. They had chances after chances, and you know, they were out playing them. And you look at the scoreboard, and they kept falling behind by a goal. And they came back and they won the game. And Rasmus freaking Dahlin with his, 
I mean, that was like a Josh Allen drop a dime in a bucket pass to Diggs on a go route. That that was a beautiful thing to watch. I, I went back, I rewound it and watched it like three times just to see the play, the finish, the celebration. I love Ryan Miller coming out on the ice afterwards and taking the photo with the team. You know, it was just, it was, I, I'm sure, Joe, you tell me, I'm at home. It had to be a really fun night with the place being packed and the energy in the building and the way they played and they get the win in overtime. It, I think it made for a great experience for the fans who were there last night. Yeah, and the game was entertaining. I mean, even though they didn't score a lot, it, it was getting more and more frustrating, actually, as the game went on, that it, they were all over the Islanders from beginning to end. They had, they had at 5-on-5, five five, they had 78 shot attempts last night. Wow. The, that, the next closest on the season was 64. Like, they topped their season high by that much. But the Islanders are just like, Sorokin was typical really Islanders well. hockey. They're just like blocking shots yeah. in the lanes. They have four shots Sorokin's on goal, and they go great. down down the ice, and boom, they score. And you're yeah. like, what the hell's going and on? Right? Sorokin's a Vesna finalist. So the game itself was good it, that they finally got there. Um, but yeah, again, just like the you fill the arena with nostalgia for a night like that, and everybody's gonna be is gonna be fired up for it. And I thought again, the ceremony was was done very well. They've come a long way. From yeah, like the hashtag, made some good strides. Yeah, so I thought every part of yesterday was was very well done. And, and they had Hashik the in the video clip awesome. too. I forgot, right? They had Hashik. One of the montages they showed at home had Hashik. Hashik had like a yeah, like a personal video message yeah. to him. Yeah. There was another thing he did at some point on the scoreboard. Um, but yeah, it was well done, and it was one of those crowds last night. Just to have the building full. Is is awesome. I think there's when, a, like they're, they're playing. I want it that way by the Backstreet Boys, and the crowd is finishing the song. I think there's a big time appetite for people to go to games that are full, and when you're at one, you're motivated because it doesn't happen all that often mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. I shouldn't even say all that often. Like it's it's not that rare. Probably five six games this year. They've had some pretty big nights, and they're getting better. And we'll see after Bill season ends if people start to drift in there for mm-hmm. January February, but. Being there for a full house, I'm trying to think which game earlier this year would have been there for, but it's you, you get into it more. Yeah, you, you're ready. Like, oh, yeah. All right, it's one of these games, and that would have been RJ night last year, Miller night last night, Eichel earlier this Vegas, Eichel this exactly. Like, yeah, those atmospheres where everybody kind of decides we're going to make this a big one, yeah. and the Sabers, you know, they probably still have a little work to do to get everybody back, but. I think that nights like last night get people to want to go again. I think a couple of the games from Turkeys for Tickets ended up having full houses. I forget which specific games they were. But I remember there was a full house one night. I'm like, wow, great crowd. And someone tweeted at me and said that's one of the games they were giving out You know, when they were doing the Turkey for Tickets donations. Whatever. When the, and that's another reason why it was important for them to win. When the building's full. Win. Got to win Win that night. Make people want to come back for more. Make people, make Joe and everybody else leave the, build, the building going, man, that was fun. You know, we got to come back. We let's go to another game next week or whatever or two weeks. Let's look at the schedule. You want to have that, make that experience. I mean, they are entertaining. Um, they are fun to watch. You know, Ryan Miller talked about how he thinks there's a good vibe around this team and they're doing some good things. You, you know, on a night like that, capitalize, play well, win the game, and make the crowd leave extremely happy about the last. Five hours they would have spent in the building. <laughs> it's a long time. Joe, it was like tailgating at a, at a Bills game. I was going to say, that's about the length of the last Bills game. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was like you watch the ceremony and then, okay. The tailgate was after that. We got 50 minutes. Just uh, meet, go to the concourse. Stretch your legs. See who you, you know that's in the building. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, t- it's a, mid, a mid-game tailgate almost. You could walk around and get acquainted. 
All right, it is Friday. So we have that from last night, and then uh, there's this matter of this football game coming up on Sunday. I finally found the bulletin board material that got me mad. Oh, I know. Somebody, I mean, I'm... somebody finally said something that I am upset about. Okay, well, I need to backtrack then because you guys would have covered over the last two days the, the bulletin board material, the stupid stuff that is being generated at something that makes somebody angry. That, and I need people to tell me um, about panic attacks. I think I'm having one about this game on Sunday, so I'm just going to do a little research here and see uh, if anybody's got a paper bag in the building or something like that. Because I am. Yeah, I just all of a sudden I'm not I'm like in I'm a nervous wreck today. So need to hear from you this morning. Let's talk it all out uh, on Football Friday. By the way, eight zero three zero five fifty two. Join us on the show today. Sal's going to be with us at seven o'clock. Of course, he'll be on the sidelines Sunday for the game here on WGR. Paul Hamilton was in the building last night for the big Sabres win in the Ryan Miller ceremony. He'll join us at seven thirty. Chris Brown has the call on Sunday's game. He will join us at eight thirty. Dalton Miller, Pro Football Network, had a piece up this week. Went back and watched what the Ravens did defensively to the Bengals in the two games they played. And uh, we'll talk to him about what he saw and maybe what the Bills might be able to do. That's coming up at nine. Football Friday is brought to you by Tops Markets. Rush to the Tops Red Zone for winning savings and by Svetka, an official sponsor of the Buffalo Bills. As visions of a second point are on their sticks. Here's a lead pass. Knocked down in front of that scores! The workhorse from Whitehorse. Down the middle, finishes the night, and the Sabres win it in overtime, 12 seconds in. Mr. Dan Dunleavy on the call. We'll make that one of the moments, the moment of the game from last night's win over the Islanders. Moments of the game brought to you by Firth Jewelers for all the moments in your life. Go forth to Firth. Only the second time, or second win, in 20 games this season where the Sabres scored three or fewer goals. They were 116-2 before last night. Love the workhorse from Whitehorse. So you like that nickname? I think it's fantastic. Growing on you a little bit, is it? No, I've liked that one from the start. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah, that me, one is... It had to grow on me a little uh, bit. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love workhorse from Whitehorse. He was pumped. He, I mean, his... <laughs> and by the way, it was a nice... That was a saucer pass, yep. and he had to bat it out. He had to control it. It was looked like it was rolling a little bit on him. And then he uh, he beat Sorokin's stick side. That was a nice play by Cousins to do that, and he's... He circled back. If you go back and watch it, what's really cool is Darlene again. I forget what one of the recent games, right? Wasn't it like a long pass to Tuck, a planned play yeah, off it, the it boards? Was, it was Boston where he dumped it in hard off the yes, boards yes. and Tuck tracked it down and dropped it back for the game-winning goal. So Darlene's back there, and you see Cousins circles back inside the Sabres' blue line. Game-tying goal, sorry. And then blows up ice, and Darlene's just – it's like, yeah, you're just waiting for your receiver to get separation. So he, he puts it over the top of the linebacker, basically, the guy in the neutral zone. And then passed the cornerback, the last guy on defense for the Islanders, and, and hits Cousins in stride. It was really a beautiful play. Cousins, have you seen the contract speculation about the numbers he might mm-hmm. get? Is this a boldy thing, right? A little bit. 7-7? Seven, seven. Yeah, it, it's kind of representative of how the NHL has changed. Guys get contracts early. The, it's like mm-hmm. bridge deals are done. Yeah. Teams are more confident in knowing who the player is, and whether that's Matias Samuelson, who just signed for a long contract or cousins getting seven for seven million the Sabres see him they they know him and they think good enough yeah there's a time seven for seven was thomas vanek was the richest contract in franchise history and everyone's mad about it yeah now it's all right we like this kid 
Looks like a you know a cornerstone piece. Give him seven million. There was a time when I used to think like four million a year for an average forward was like, oh my god, what are you doing? Yeah. Four million is cheap. Seven million is yeah, and look, he's exploded. He's having a great season. He's averaging more than a point a game. He's obviously a core of this franchise going forward. You're investing in in your core guys: Tage Thompson, Matias Samuelson. At some point, Dalene, um, who didn't get voted into the All Star game. I mean, he can um, still go. He lost, right? he lost because Austin Matthews and David Pasternak got in. Like, okay, they're not bad. Yeah. All right. I mean, he does deserve to be in the game. Um, but yeah, you're, you're locking up your young guys and making sure they're here. Can I draw a baseball analogy? If you want to go way, way back, well, the Braves are doing a little bit of it now, but if you want to go way, way back when the Indians were good, when they were making the playoffs and John Hart was the GM, they took their young guys, some of them played here, and started giving them long-term contracts. Let's not screw around. Let's not deal with whatever RFA status and arbitration eligibility. Let's identify our core and lock them up now. Cause you know what? If they're that good, price is going to go up. You know, the Thompson, the Thompson average value might look like a bargain if he has a 100-point season. So you're nervous. Um, yeah, so what is exactly a panic attack? Does your heart start racing and you kind of, you know, I haven't had sweats, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just a weird feeling inside me. And uh, I've been good. I've, I've been holding off. I was trying to make it to the weekend. I was trying, honestly, not to think about the game the last couple days because I knew once I really started thinking about the game, I would be a nervous wreck. Well, I started thinking about the game this morning. It's football Friday, yada, 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 and I'm a nervous wreck. And I haven't done this. I, I, this morning, I was getting ready to come in. I actually stopped and thought, I thought like you know the Super Bowl, which I've tried not to do. I tried to do a Sean McDermott one-game-at-a-time approach to the playoffs. But I, you know, I stopped this morning and thought about what if they actually did get to the Super Bowl and what if they won the game and all that other neat stuff? And I, just, I don't know. I'm just my brain is racing this morning, and I'll try not to sound like a raving lunatic during the show. But I'm this game makes me will make me more nervous than than a potential Kansas City. I'm telling you, this is going to make me more nervous than if they make the AFC Championship game against Kansas City. This well, matchup to me is the most dangerous matchup in this conference for the Bills. Let me <clears throat> let me try to psychoanalyze this because we did get to this yesterday. I brought it up with oh, I, we forgot bulletin board comments too. We, we, we will. I that. brought it up with Ian Eagle. I I feel the same way, and the reason is. You've seen the Bills and Chiefs play five times. Yeah, I thought you, that's a really good point. I heard you the, guys discussing you that. You know yes. the worst they can do. You've seen it. Yep. You've seen the Bills go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. You've seen them beat the Chiefs. Multiple times yep. in Kansas City. That's right. So, you know, they might lose to the Chiefs if they play them. But you know, mm-hmm. I've seen my team beat that team multiple times. Yeah. Cincinnati doesn't mean that they can't. You haven't seen it. Well, nine minutes, I thought. Right, I nine minutes saw, is what right? you saw, and who knows what happens in that game. But we haven't seen them beat Cincinnati. We haven't seen how the defense adjusts over the course of the first drive to the second drive to the second half. You know, there's a time where the Bills were one of the better second-half defenses in football this year. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen this defensive line try to get after Joe Burrow for mm. a whole <clears throat> a whole game. So I think there's a, you know, the mysterious nature of what this matchup will be. If they had played... That game in Cincinnati, and the Bills lost 27-24. 
you'd probably feel better about this game right now than yeah. you do not knowing anything yeah, about well, the Yeah, well, they hung in there. It was a three-point game. Now they're going to have home field. Yeah. If they only they the, saw what Joe Burrow did. Yeah, if, if only th- th- this pick didn't get thrown. This fumble didn't happen. If the fourth down, if so-and-so didn't get to the sticks. But you, you would have all these little tiny things you could point to and say, of course, these two teams are even, and I like my chances. Instead, I think both fan bases should be a little bit nervous about that. Mm-hmm. Like, Shouldn't Bengals fans be nervous, too? Are they not because... They went to the Super Bowl last year, and because they have a... And they won on the road. They won in really tough places to... Well, Kansas City. I wouldn't say it's hard winning in Tennessee. Right. They don't have a really big, high-profile loss in a while. Because, I mean, the Rams, they lost to the Rams in a game that they were in. They almost won the Super Bowl. They've beaten the Chiefs three times in a row. Yeah. And they have yet to play the Bills. So, in their own division, they wax Baltimore... From they time they to lost time. a stupid game in Week One to Pittsburgh. They threw five interceptions. And they almost lost won that game. what nineteen seventeen to the Ravens earlier mm-hmm. in the season. I'm trying to remember what their other two losses were. I don't even recall the other two. But those were two stupid losses for them. You know, it's not like they were destroyed or anything in either of those games. Yeah, I think that is a, a valid point that you just you know who Mahomes is and you know how challenging that will be and Kelsey and uh, and even though Hill's not there, you still you have a pretty good feel. For Kansas City, offensively, defensively, all these different things. And with Cincinnati, there's an unknown because we're not sure how they match up against Chase and Higgins and Boyd and, and Hurst and, you know, how quickly Joe Burrow gets the ball out and what's the pass rush going to do and all this stuff. So, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know. I just I think this is because of who their quarterback and top three receivers are. I just think this matchup, should the Bills even get to the Super Bowl, whoever the heck it is. You know, Philly, San Francisco, Dallas, whatever. I feel like just the matchup. I'm not saying the, of course, the significance of an AFC championship game is huge. And then and it's even bigger, obviously, when you get to the Super Bowl. The importance of the, the following games would make it intense and nerve-wracking. But I'm talking about actual X's and O's, the players they line up against. This game and Cincinnati makes me more nervous, I think, than anybody left in the playoff field. Because of weapons they have. And what I think is going to be a really challenging day for the Bills' secondary. I need Trey White to come off his best game of the season and play really well. Is Kyrie Elam playing 100% of the snaps on Sunday? He played really well after Dane Jackson went down. He hasn't played every snap since Week 5 against Pittsburgh. He might have to do that Sunday. I know, I know the nickel cornerback's good. So, you know, Poirier's probably, Poirier must be playing at less than 100%. So I'm just... I need that secondary to come up big because I think Joe Burrow is going to make sure that ball is out fast on Sunday. The big thing about the Bengals' offensive line, right? That's 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 it. That, that can be. You know, that could be the turning point of the game. But I, I wonder if it's being oversold. Yeah, I, I think ho- Burrow's going to get the ball out. I hope it's not being oversold. I hope the offensive line issues for Cincinnati are every bit as bad as the Sabers' oh five oh six defenseman injuries. Yeah, right. Like, go ahead and lose to the Bills, and spend 10 years saying you would have won the game. I'd like to be on the other side of that sometime, <laughs> right? We're always the ones that are on the side of, well, if only this. Right. I'm ready for the other team to cry all day and all year and all decade about how that Bengals team would have won the Super Bowl if the offensive line stayed healthy. Sounds great. Come visit our banner. And you know, I, I, I'm ready for that experience in life. Would, would the banner have a little asterisk saying yeah, the Bengals right. would have won if their offensive line was healthy? Look, not only that, if the Bills win this game, the Bengals fans will be like, should have been a home game. Sure they will. We would have beaten them in our building, and this would have been a home game. So whatever, right? In the left ear, out the right ear. The, the whole week of you guys tweeting out the the, the, media, the national media and the tweets about, well, the Bengals got screwed. 
<laughs> blowing out your football. I mean, just stop, stop. You know, the th- I mean, I get the the thing about now the Bengals are getting disrespected. Yep. I'm waiting for nobody expected us to win. If they win the game, I look forward to someone in the Bengals locker room going, you know, nobody thought we'd win this game. There's a progression of stupid cliches that come out when mentally you're trying to get yourself psyched for a game. I have no idea where the stuff out of Cincinnati is coming from, and the whole discussion of well, why didn't the Bengals get home? Why didn't we do a neutral field for this? You know why? Because they played 16 games and the Bills played 16 games and the Bills had a better record. End of story. This is the easiest discussion in the world. Don't overcomplicate things. Why was the Bills in Kansas City a story? Well, guess what? One team played 17 games. The other played 16 games. The other thing is they were even in the loss column. Guess who's not even in the loss column with the Bills? The Bengals. <laughs> I just don't understand why there's a big discussion about this. Tough. You had 16 games. What was your record? 12-4. and four. The other team had 16 games. What was their record? 13 and 3. Guess what? There are seasons where the 2 and 3 seeds don't play in the regular season. It's 16 games. Don't lose to the Ravens 19 to 17. Don't turn the ball over five times in week one to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who the Bills obliterated a few weeks after that. Sorry. I, I think no, it, you're right. No, I think the panic attack makes me angry. So, yeah, I just, what a waste this week of all that. If it, I mean, the Bills got screwed. Right? Yeah. The only team that didn't get screwed was Kansas City. It went it fell perfectly for them. Absolutely. You know, the Bill we're sitting here waiting for Patrick Mahomes to play a road playoff game right. at some point. They the, the Chiefs ended up with a bye, and they also ended up avoiding two teams they lost to this year in their divisional round matchup. Right. They lost to the Bills and, and the, the Bengals. Bengals. Right. So they play one maybe. Well, yeah, not maybe. Yes, they would have They'd to play, play one, one of, of those teams. And they would have had to play one of them in this round. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just stop. This is just such a freaking waste of time. This is ridiculous. The Bills, the Bills had a chance to have the one seed, and they lost out. And, yes, the Bengals lost out on potentially being the two seed. So they both got screwed. I mean, it just it's, it's – shall we break? 803-0550 <laughs> to join us. Uh, it is Football Friday. All right, Bills fans, Bills, Bengals Sunday. What happens? You can let us know how you think this game's going to play out. Give us your opinion on that. Anything else you want to get to, that's fine, too. Football Friday is presented by Top Smart. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Markets rushed to the top's red zone for winning savings. And by Svetka, an official sponsor of the Buffalo Bills. Oh, you mean come back and to the, to the birthing of the Winter Classic? Yes. Yes, I could. I could. You have to promise me another slow gl- snow globe day. Uh, but but yeah, listen, that, that was a spectacular day that is emblazoned in my memory, and I'm sure all of yours. I mean, <coughs> excuse me, it's not COVID. Uh, it was incredible. And as I said, this is a great sports town. It's a great hockey market. And... Yes, when there's a new stadium, we'll be more than happy to bring back an outdoor game. I would, I would fully expect that they do. Yeah, why not? Because They're running out of places. Not just that, but it's it's still 
an event that is the Winter Classic, but they also do just the Stadium Series where yep. Nashville plays outside. Yeah. So I think if you really want one, you can kind of have one, and I would imagine that the New Bill Stadium will host. I'm sure it would look scenic. Like the last one was fantastic. Maybe there'll be a snow globe moment as well. We'll see. You didn't get a go Bills in from the commission? I thought maybe you might put in a little quick shout-out to the Bills for the game on Sunday. You want some more bulletin board material? <sighs> J.P. Acosta wrote, The biggest game of the weekend sets two guys center stage who have coached together before, but their growth since 2016 should be on full display Sunday night. I wrote about Dan Quinn v. Kyle Shanahan. How dare he call that the game of the week? The Bills-Bengals game. That's the game of the week. Going to be motivated now to be a bigger game. Well, it's bulletin board material for the entire Bills Bengals game itself. I was actually going to pick the Bills to beat the Bengals, but then I saw the story about how the Bills were already selling tickets for the neutral side AFC Championship game. I mean, if I'm the Bengals, that's a big bleep you from the league, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I think I think the NFL held up a giant middle finger at the Bengals, and the Bengals will probably win, um, by seventy-two. Yeah. The Bengals notoriously hate planning ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they, I'm sure they don't do... This never happens in sports where like, like, they tell a team to start selling playoff tickets in the regular season or in the postseason, sell the next round mm-hmm. or all... Never. That's why I said, do the Bengals need... Do the Bengals, are they, are they truly nervous about this game? So they need to generate some stupid bulletin board controversy that's actually a schmontroversy? How come... Nobody ever talks about getting motivated by the public betting, like where the money is. The line's been moving around like this week, this week hasn't it, So, Joe? yeah, Max Meyer, I saw this tweet yesterday from Caesars. The line opened at 3.5, and, and it's up to 5.5. Hmm. Wow. I mean, Joe Mixon should be furious about he, that. Yeah, because they are the big dogs of the AFC. Cincinnati's mm-hmm. getting 70% of the tickets to cover the spread, mm-hmm. but 73% of the money is on the Bills to win. Interesting. So... Are, how are, the, how are the Bengals not mentioning that? Shouldn't they be mad? Right. Yeah. America is what you should actually be mad at. <laughs> uh, I, I think Zach Taylor walks in and says, America doubts you. Just Maybe yeah. that's his Saturday. He's probably waiting for Saturday night in the hotel, and he'll put all the betting lines up on a screen and say, America doubts you. Well, the thing about that Just, is, this is silly. Like Cincinnati to cover is 70%, and the Bills getting 73% of the money. Hmm. Part of me wonders how much of that would be emotional. People rooting for the Bills, wanting the Bills to win around the country. I mean, the Bills are America's team right now. They are now. They really are. He also points out, Max, in this tweet that the Bills have drawn three six-figure bets, including one for $330,000. Joe, what are you doing? On the Bills, minus five. Wow. Or was it you, Jeremy? I'm not sure which one of you guys would be a six-figure bet guy. We went splitsies, actually. Did you? So you? So you went half and half? Yeah. That's not bad. Um, is it? Are you doing an emotional hedge? Is this one of those games where you bet on the Bengals as a hedge for your? You know, so if the Bills don't win, you have some money. I don't know. It, it mean, wouldn't really make you feel better, would it? The money line for the Bengals is tasty if you want the emotional hedge. Yeah, yeah. If you want the emotional hedge, that's. I, I don't. I don't have any beef with people that are doing an emotional hedge. In part because then you can also say you're the anti-jinx. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you bet hey, on the other. Yeah, right. I, I bet on Cincinnati in order to try to jinx them. Yes. If I lose, good. I like, mission accomplished. I like the psychology of all this. Yeah. Sal's on the way. But the a- Bengals are, right now I'm looking at them, it's pretty much plus 200. It's two to one hmm. the Bengals win the game. So for what it's worth. I'm not, I'm not touching this. If I had to make a bet, actually I don't want to touch it because I'm, 
in a bigger game, I feel like I screw with the football gods if I have a wager. If I bet, what did you say? It was five and a half? Yeah. I would take the Bengals and the points. Me I too. mean, I think the Bills will win, but I think it's going to be a, a less than seven point game. I realize, I would take the Bengals and the points. I, this screams like a field goal game. You know, three, four points, whatever. 803-0550 to join us. Sal's on the way for Football Friday. Want to get your thoughts. Hey, so Bills, Bengals, Sunday. Give us the number one, your number one reason you are most confident. What's the number one concern you would have on the other side of the equation? Uh, Jeremy is going to be on the road next week at Atwal Eye Care. They have a LASIK and Lager event coming up Thursday. That's going to be 5 to 7 p.m. at Resurgence Brewing Company, 55 Chicago Street. You can learn all about LASIK vision correction and enjoy free food and prizes while supplies last. You need to pre-register for the event. You can do so by going to atwalleye.com, and you must be 21 or older to attend. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.